0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to PurplePTSD.com and Vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcasts over there. Be sure to check out great Vikings coverage at PurplePTSD.com and Vikingsterritory.com. And Kyle, we're back here. After a loss to the Lions, and I think there's maybe a couple different ways you can look at a game like this. Uh, i not saying there's only two, but again, in some ways, I think if you're an optimistic fan, you say, you know what? These games are going to happen. It's division yep. rival. Beat them once. They yep. beat us once. Uh, some plays didn't go the Vikings way. Uh, Could have gone either way. Maybe, although I think that's probably a little bit up for for argument, um, or you look at it and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know if, how good I feel about this team uh, now two and two, including not a great game against uh, the jets and a win there. Uh, I know the stats showed up yesterday, about they've given up 400 plus yards in the last five games. Um, mm-hmm. and there's certainly, if you look at uh, whether it's the flow of the game or even the box score, there's definitely some, things to maybe be a little bit concerned about so right. um, I don't know maybe I, I could ask where you stand although I know that as a longtime Vikings fan there certainly is that level of um, concern maybe I can ask you wh- why should someone choose yeah. the first option over the second option
1: the optimistic option yeah well <clears throat> if you want to be optimistic as for the season as a whole you just obviously look at the record that's a bit of a dull answer because we all know what the record is um, if you wanted to be more optimistic, just based solely off the game itself, you would look at the way Kirk Cousins played. I mean, he faced a pretty consistent amount of pressure, was hit big a few times. He had no support with the run game. It's essentially no support. I mean, I know Devin Cook scored the touchdown. Um, man, when you, just as a, a tip of the cap to the Vikings, the whole play design there is to put Dalvin Cook in space one-on-one with the defender and just trust that 99 times out of 100, he's going to win. And boy, did he win. Um, so great, great play on, on that particular um, play call when they scored a touchdown with, with Dalvin Cook. But really, no run support at all, or, which was really disappointing. I mean, Cousins, I thought, and I wouldn't say, like, dominant in the Senate, but, like, dude had a great game. He threw for 425 yards. Right, like he competed, completed 31 of 41. So, that's you know, basically talking about 75% completion percentage, roughly. I'm I'm sure I'm off a tiny little bit. Uh, Paratides, he was fantastic, right? And you know, I know Hawkinson had the one drop, um, you know, those things happen, I suppose, but like, broader point being that he didn't get much support in and around Jefferson, of course, was sensational. Um, and so those two playing the way they did is encouraging and they, i think we could probably say at this point if the vikings if somehow this is the year the vikings win the super bowl right larry like, or, or they do something amazing this year um it's gonna have to be because cousins and jefferson agree you know like it's hard to envision that happening and cousins and jefferson are lousy. like there's just there's just no way that that's going to occur so um at least as far as i can tell so the fact that Jefferson played well and Cousins played well, that would be, I think, Sam, your reason for optimism. Is that basically how you would, if you wanted to be a glass full guy and you are optimistic kind of by nature, would that be kind of where you kind of key in on or what are you looking at?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think that's probably like, the, those are the reasons for optimism going ahead. And I think like, certainly you look at the, at what the stats are here. Like those are the the numbers that, are encouraging yeah. uh, as, as <laughs> yeah. Jefferson's numbers and, and Cousins' numbers. You mentioned the run game, like less than a yard and a half average uh, per touch,
1: uh, which is a wild. While. Yeah.
0: fifteen attempts for twenty-three yards. Madison uh, had two attempts for negative one yards. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> yeah. That, that's wow. not not good. Um, no, it's not. Uh, no, so I think that's I think that's it. I again, I don't. I don't. Again, I think we we talked about a little bit last week. Like, not exactly sure what to make of this team in some ways. Um, Yeah. But it kind of feels a little bit. And I don't know if this is how you're feeling, but it feels a little bit like again, nothing certain, but feels pretty well locked in. That bearing something crazy happening. They've 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 got the division, Um, and it feels a little bit like now it's kind of this like. Let's wait and see until the playoffs for this to like really start counting. I, and again, I know that's maybe foolish in some ways. That's more of a fan perspective, I think, than, than anything the players would ever do. Um, but that's kind of how it feels a little bit, like at least, at least to me. I don't know about if that's how it feels to you.
1: In a sense, yeah. But I mean, in a sense, yes. But even more than that, um, the playoffs are near certainty almost 100%. They, if they had won yesterday, it would have been 100%. But al- almost 100%. Um, and the division itself is almost 100%. But m- more than that, I mean, gosh, San Francisco won yesterday and um, looks pretty darn good. You know, this is, if, depending on how you want to frame it, this is their QB3 because they began the year with Trey Lance and then they moved on to Jimmy G and then now they're on to Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who is now there starting quarterback. And so if I'm not mistaken, they're a game behind the Vikings right now, I think, right? Because I, I believe they're 9-4. and The Vikings are 10-3. and The Vikings have a ton to play for in this regular season, right? Because if you, like, just, just, just like, like look ahead in your crystal ball, and Josh Fry has done a good job with this at PTST.com. and you can read his stuff, and I'm sure he'll write about it this week. But just look, look in your crystal ball. The Vikings lose the two seed. They go down to number three. Okay, so you say, well, not the end of the world, still the three seed. That's better than a lot of us would have anticipated, right? And they do get the opening home game at, at US Bank Stadium. Okay, so great. So let's say the Vikings win the opening rounds, and let's say the 49ers win the opening rounds. That means then that you're locked into a game with the 49ers in the divisional rounds. And not just that you're locked into the game with them, but you're going to San Francisco. That's a big deal. Going to San Francisco as opposed to being at US Bank Stadium against a team as talented as the 49ers is a big deal, right? Like getting in front of the fans and hopefully being super loud and making so that Brock Purdy can't communicate in an effective manner, you know, like, you know, check out of calls and, you know, whatever it is that Kyle Shanahan to do the line scrimmage, um, that's a big deal, right? And it, you keep mind, like that two and three seed, um, you know, if those two teams just win in the wild card round, they're locked into each other. Right there's because I mean Philly's going to then play the four or down whoever you know wh- whoever is below the, the two and three are locked in and so it kind of seems like the Niners and the Vikings are on a collision course um, if things go as we expect and hope you know they both make the playoffs finish two three and uh, hopefully win that opening round of playoffs and then now all of a sudden you're dealing with a team that has Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Kyle Usechek. And so, you know, and Trent Williams, Mike Kutche and so on and so forth in their defense, which is sensational. Right. Um, so there's a lot to play for this season, you know, over these next what is it four games now, Sam. So, yeah, four more games. That's right. So, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, let's just get to the playoffs. On the other hand, it's like, dude, you got to realize that we need that advantage. Like, I know they're on their QB three. But Kyle Shanahan's a good coach, and they got—they're just like loaded with talent. Their roster is sensational, and you'd have a really, really, really hard time convincing me right now that the Vikings are actually better than Forty divers, even with Brock Birdie under center. Um, I just think they're—they're they're a great team. I just think they're a great team. So i, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to play for here.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that—that that makes sense. Like, I guess what really another way of looking at it is that the vikings are, are we said they're if you're playing in the playoffs you're going to play against good teams and it's going to be tough of course and of course. for them to give themselves every advantage they can which really yeah. at this point is home field advantage uh yep. is is yep. what to play for I, I think certainly you want the team as healthy as you can and i think this team has just shown a little bit that um like for them to be at their best they really need uh they really need all their guys uh to be there that that offensive yeah. line was struggling uh yesterday without a couple starters and uh that's not going to cut it against uh san francisco if again we just gotta gotta make it there you gotta win a game but if that's the case playing them and and again it does feel i guess that's really what it is at this point again like barring anything crazy happening it feels like you're kind of either looking at the two seed or the three seed uh
1: yeah probably yeah
0: for this vikings team uh and, and you've got three team. Three of the next four games are against teams with losing records so yeah. far. Uh, yeah, right, and then you've got a Giants team who's won three and one in their last five. Uh, right, that's true. A little yeah. bit of a skid, and so again, right. I think I think you it would be really good, I guess, to to bank as many as many wins as you can there mm-hmm. in, in in that sense. Um, let, let's maybe look at the game. I know we've we've kind of held a little bit of an optimistic view thus far. Yeah, right. You mentioned the run game, the concern there. Uh, and I guess maybe I think a lot of the chatter would be around the defense. Yeah, um, man. And, and you look at kind of even the opposing, like you look at what the, the Lions defense brought against Cousins, and you said like they, they brought a lot of pressure, whereas Jared yeah. Goff, I think, um, maybe probably doesn't have to wash his jersey after yesterday's yeah. game. Uh, like. I don't know, what, what, do you, what do you make of what this Vikings team should yeah. do differently or needs to do, or, or like what, where, where do they go when they're going to be playing some really yeah. legit teams uh, yeah. if, if they're going to get to the playoffs?
1: So this was a really poor performance from the defense. You know, I don't think um, anybody could disagree with that. And let's keep in mind, too, if we wanted to be even more pessimistic, we could say, well, the Lions missed a makeable field goal at the end of the first half. So this could easily be 37 points, right? Um, Now, those things happen, and then at the end of the day, he didn't field goal. So, you know, maybe that's irrelevant. But um, as the game broadcast said, Sam, I think you mentioned it already, if I'm not mistaken, you know, five straight games of allowing 400-plus yards of offense. Um, I know there's still a perception of Pierre Goff not being – a world beater, you know, not being Patrick Mahomes, and so be it. There aren't too many Patrick Mahomes of the world. Um, but if you don't disrupt that guy, like if you don't get ahead of his rhythm, make him feel a little bit uncomfortable, make him get off his spot, hurry his decision, you know, that kind of thing, he's going to pick you apart, right? Like, like he he actually can be quite accurate, right? Like, and he can spin the ball. And I mean, just look at. The two first touchdown passes, right? I mean, one was a total coverage quest. And two was, I mean, Cameron Ansler just got kind of burned. But I mean, you know, dude could put the ball in the spot. And so it's to me, it's I mean, you look at the coverage, and certainly the hope is that the coverage can be better. But in a lot of ways, I kind of think it is what it is. I don't think the pass coverage in this team is that great. They allow a lot of passing yards, right? Like a ton. It's unbelievable, right? And it's unfortunate. I mean, the thing that the Vikings defense is worst at, you know, covering the pass, just so happens to be the thing that every offense pretty much wants to do, pass the ball. So that seems to me a recipe for disaster, right? The defense is really poor at stopping what every single offense pretty much wants to do. So that that to me doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. The solution, as far as I can tell, is to somehow ignite the pass rush, right? Like I, I wrote about it earlier this week. Um, I broke PTSD, key to revitalizing. You know, at Dontelle's defense, and the whole argument was basically find some way. I don't know, heck, like forget sending a fifth blitz or maybe it's a sixth or a seventh at that. Like, like do something, right? Like man, man up across the board, send six, right? Man up across the board, send seven. You have to create pressure. You have to like, like, like a fish needs water. Like you just like, if if we don't generate pressure, if the white foods don't create penetration, get a QB off his spot. Uh, hit the quarterback, get sacks. Ideally, we had zero sacks yesterday. Uh, if that doesn't occur, I, I think it's game over for the defense. Like, I think at times the run defense can be quite stingy. Not always, but at times it can be. Um, but when it comes to defending the pass, especially for a team with Zedaria Smith and Juno Hunter, to be doing as little as they are is remarkable in a bad way. Like, just like, a, it's kind of astounding. Um, I'm wondering, I don't know if you've had this thought, but like, is, is it Aria Smith battling through an injury maybe, or Hunter, or um, are they being asked to do too much perhaps? Is there a way that we can change their alignment? Should we be stacking them on both sides? You know, because I mean, they've been very, um, one thing that is good and I like is that they're willing to move them up and down the line, try to get a good matchups. You know, should you stack Hunter and Smith on the same side and basically force Force them into one-on-one matchups, the same side of guard a Hunter and a, an attack one Smith or vice versa. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it just it was startling the contrast. Go back and, and and if you can do the cutups and isolate the plays of when the Lions blitzed and see what happened versus when the Vikings blitzed and see what happened, or when the you know the Lions tried to get penetration, and the Vikings tried to. Um, quite a startling contrast and to me it's just if you don't yeah if this team doesn't create pressure early and often and basically just doesn't have a dominant day up front and they do have talent up front that's the crazy thing they have great players right along the d line or the outside linebacker red rushers um but if they don't get home like if they don't create pressure and kind of um make a quarterback uncomfortable yeah, I think it's game over for the defense. I, I, as far as I can tell, right? I, unless you're seeing something that I'm not seeing, but from what I can see, pressure QB pressure is the solution, and I I think that's the solution that is here for this this season. It's a plausible one because they do have great talent edge pressure. How do you kind of coax that out of the defense and make it reality? I don't know. I I can come up with half baked thoughts and some kind of general ideas. Um... But there's a reason why I'm a writer and a fan and not an NFL defensive coordinator, right, or an NFL pass rush expert. Um, What I can say is that, like, this seems to me the solution that is plausible, given the talent. And it seems to me the solution that actually can make the defense better, right, in this critical facet, right, the passing game. Um, You know, Jared Goff is not finding a wide-open Jameson Williams if Jared Goff has been tackled. Right. Like it, ain't eaten them. it doesn't matter how open Davis is. Right. So I know, and I know that's kind of simplistic thinking, but I think there's a lot of truth there. And so I, I don't know when you look at his defense, do you see a solution? And if so, like what, what do you see? What are your concerns? Because um, you get like four games and, and now we're, and now we're playing, like you said, like you're hitting the playoffs, you're playing the best teams. Right. So like, and you kind of have to embrace that for what it is. Like you want to earn the right to p- play the top composition and then once there you want to actually beat them so how do how can you actually do that is is the question in a lot of ways yeah yeah well the question about what to do
0: differently is way above my pay grade um right but uh i um i'm, I'm glad you threw in a little bit of optimism at the end because things are looking pretty
1: bleak um uh, <laughs>
0: with, with that response
1: hey, yeah the defense has played poorly yeah
0: yeah yeah they um not good not good hey i do think and again whether you want to say it's the solution maybe uh, i guess in some ways it is a solution. i feel like the solution the most likely solution is that for things to get better it is the pass rush uh versus yeah. the coverage as as you mentioned um i think that you got the the pass coverage is fine in some ways it's 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 been able to step up in in big moments and again i think that this is where you can look at this team you can look at the box score and you can also look at the situational defense and more yeah. often than not situationally they've been able to step up um it'd be nice if it was different but in the playoffs it's likely that it's going to come to and so maybe there's some optimism there but yeah. like you said uh there were some plays yesterday where um the coverage looked bad uh yeah. but cough the goff had just like time to (laughs) to sit back there and and like oh man yeah okay and again like we don't know like you talked about injuries i know zadarius smith has shown up on the injury report at different points throughout the season um hunter again he he's he has like this is the most games he's played in a few years um right that's true yeah that's true it uh it does feel like there's more to give there though. Like there's more, there is something there yeah. to potentially unlock or hopefully unlock. Um, yeah. But it's, it's hard. And I think, again, this is, you kind of have to get to the spot where it's like, this is what this team likely is. Like it, there's not mm-hmm. going to be anything that's going to be vastly mm-hmm. different. It's not like all of a sudden they're, they're bringing someone off the injury report. Who's going to yeah. come into the playoffs and be a game changer. Like this is right. This is what this yeah. team is. And yeah. <laughs> no. Really, you just have to figure out how are we gonna operate within the understanding that this is this is who we are, and it's it's yep. worked out quite well thus far. Like I think we just have to recognize that. Like to be yeah. 10 and 3, it's it's worked out, it hasn't been ideal. Uh um, yeah. Like personally, I would love to see Nick Mullins play a couple games this year, not because they've been blown out, but because they are blowing uh, a team out. Like uh he should play, not because yeah. um the rest and cousins are more just because it's an opportunity for, for him to, to be in there. Um, so again, I think maybe just as we wrap up here, are really looking ahead to these, yeah. uh, we, we, like I said, we've got these next four games. You got Indianapolis this week yeah. and Indianapolis has, has shown up at different points, but by and large, I think this would be a, a very disappointing season for them. Uh, uh, yes, I would say so. It's, it has not been good. Um, I know they've had mixed results since Saturday uh, has has taken over there. Um, it feels like based on record, and then you've got, again, Chicago and Green Bay have not been good, but they're also division rivals. It feels exactly. like this is the yeah. game that if you say, hey, you know what? Most likely chance that you can really put a, like, have a win and have a, a convincing win, that this yeah. is the game.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Yes. I mean, this and this is not meant to be disrespectful in any way, because he's a great player, Jeff Saturday. He's the head coach of that team. It's just such a peculiar situation. Um, Jeff Saturday is, is the head coach of that team. It's just so strange. It's so kind of random. I know he's a franchise great, um, but like Sam was saying, this is the game. Uh, I just looked up quick here. The Colts right now are 31st in the NFL in terms of points per game. They're 4-8-1, four, they're four, and one, so they've had a four-year. Jeff Saturday is their head coach. They are averaging 16.1 points per game. Not very good, right? So if we get into this one and we're, like, in the third quarter, five, six minutes into the third quarter, and we're saying, man, Matt Ryan's been really sharp today. I don't think we've hit him yet, right? Then, then you know, there's something really wrong. Something really, really well,
0: yeah, yeah, there, there is I, again. It would be there have been some games where this Vikings team has racked up three, four, uh, maybe five sacks. I can't, I don't know what yeah. their season high would be in terms of sacks, but but not, mm-hmm. it's not even just sacks, right? It's just about like pressure, pressure, like, like Consistent should, pressure. You should, yes. like, you should not be able to sit back there and have four, five, six seconds to be able yeah. to locate and step into your throw well, like, right. Like you've seen cousins has had some throws this year where you just know the dude's getting rocked and he's yeah. still
1: thrown a great ball and credit uh, to cousins for hanging in there.
0: Credit, But like that, that wears on you. Uh, it does. Yeah. Every game. And yeah. like for them to just, just to be able to throw a quarterback a little bit off balance. Um, yep. Again, maybe like, I think maybe there's an opportunity here is maybe you're talking me into it a little bit here. I was saying the rest of the season is meaningless. Um, that's that's not what I said, uh, quote unquote, but, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The that's such like
1: a Toronto Maple Leafs fan thing. The regular season means nothing, right? Exactly. That's such a Toronto Maple Leafs fan perspective.
0: I I'm trying trying to find moments of optimism and and things of optimism yeah. because yesterday was yesterday was tough. Yesterday um, was bad, but maybe maybe that is what they're playing for this week. Is like there it would be nice again. Really doesn't matter. Like whoever the opponent is, if they could have. A game where they they put some stuff together, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a blowout score, I guess. But like, even just for some of the things that have been lacking, to at least step yeah. up. Like again, I would take a close game if it means that they uh, the you you step back and you're like, hey, you know what? The the pass rush was really good today. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think that that would be uh, that would be okay. So that seems uh, to me the most plausible solution. The pass rush. Yeah. Given the talent on the roster. And then from there, when you get a QB off the spot, when you force the throw, that allows the coverage to be better, right? Because then the, maybe the ball's not as accurate, right? Or, or maybe then he, you know, he can't target, you know, that whatever it was, the, the number one read that was really designed was attack this coverage, number one read, and I just can't get the error, whatever it is, right? So uh, as far as I can tell, that's, that's the best, best bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's wrap up here then. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and Colts game Saturday. So keep that in mind, Sam. Really? Yeah, this is sat- Saturday game. I was ne- next. Not... Next two Vikings games occur on Saturday. Really? I was not paying attention to this. Yeah, man. For real. Wow.
0: Well, I got I to got, uh, rearrange the schedule. Anyways, you do. Uh, take care, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Monday. Um, Yes, nice be talking with you all and we'll uh, we'll be back soon. Have a good week, everyone.